Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of our Professional Perspective series of What Cause Inspires You. I'm your host, Alicia Gupta, and today I have with me Diksha and Yona. What Cause Inspires You is a podcast founded for ages 13 to 21 to be able to share the service they're doing for their communities. We recently launched our Professional Perspective series in order for experts in their field to give insight to our youth about how to make a stronger impact and accelerate social justice movements. Yona is a third year podiatric medical student who dedicates time trying to educate students and individuals about the field of podiatry. There isn't much awareness and information about what podiatry entails, but he hopes to keep shedding light about his health profession. If he isn't focused on editing the, new, the next YouTube video and studying for classes, he loves hiking, watching movies, and exercising. Diksha is a 30-year podiatric medical student who hopes to fill the gap of information out there for pre-bands about podiatry. She knows how hard it is to find details about it and discovers this alternative way to become a physician. If she's not trying her best to brainstorm unique ways to spread information and study, she's dancing, cooking plant-based foods, and working on her fitness. This podcast series will be available on Spotify and YouTube under Humanity Rising Voices. We're super thrilled to have you both with us here today. Are you ready to begin? Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you for inviting us on this platform. <laughs> Obviously. Um, let's just dive right in then. And why don't you tell us a little bit more about the field of podiatry? Yeah, so podiatry in itself, a lot of people don't know who, what we do or are just the definition of podiatry, but basically we are physicians that specialize in the lower extremity region. And we have to be experts of that. And a lot of that covers not just the anatomy, but we have to understand the derm, dermatological side of things, musculoskeletal, vascular, neurological side of things. So we're basically just the human experts at everything related to the foot and ankle region. Yeah, I like to say that we are the family physicians or the general physicians of the foot and ankle. Awesome. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't know as much about podiatry. So I think that's super important to have experts like yourself come on the podcast and shed more light about any field. In this case, it's podiatry. Um, with that, what, what does it look like, uh, the curriculum, to get into medical school or residency for podiatry? Yeah, um, so... Applying to podiatry school is sort of, it's actually very similar to applying to MDDO. You have to take your MCAT. You have to take all the prerequisite classes, such as your biology, chemistry, physics, biochemistry, whatsoever, all those classes. In addition, you have to have a letter of recommendation, usually from a podiatrist. You have to shadow a podiatrist. And Again, admissions have to take into consideration your extracurriculars, your science GPA, your cumulative GPA. So all that is taken into account from your college career applying to podiatric medical school. And then once you're in podiatric medical school, you actually go through four years of medical school training. And the first two years are actually um, consist of didactics just like you were taking back in college. So it never leaves you. So you're taking again, those biochemistry, um, by not bio biology but human anatomy courses lower extremity classes and we take actually very specific lower extremity courses as well in addition to those other courses our first two years such as uh, podiatric surgery podiatric medicine so it's really interesting um with that in mind 
And then we also do clinicals on top of that, starting our second or third year, depending on the school you go to, which is rotating through different hospitals, shadowing doctors, working with them, doing wound care, doing sports medicine. And then our fourth year of medical school, we actually do externships, which is our sort of, uh, you go to a residency program for one month and you see how that residency program is like. You work with the physicians there, the residents, and it's basically like sort of a mini interview to see if you're really fit for that residency program. And then after four years of medical school training, you do three years of actual, you go through, you go to residency afterwards for three years and it's considered um, three years of surgical residency. So all podiatrists ultimately become surgeons at the end of the day. And that actually consists of a lot of podiatrist stuff again, but you also rotate through orthopedics, vascular, trauma. So you're actually mixed in with MDDOs as well, your fellow counterparts. And that's really cool because you have that mixture and exposure with them. And then after your three years of residency, you have an option of doing one to two years of fellowships of different subspecialties, such as sports medicine, wound care, forefoot and rear foot reconstruction, and et cetera. There's just a whole plethora of things out there. So that's pretty much a gist of what we have to do. Wow. Um, so the learning really never stops if you if you get into the field of podiatry. And let me tell you, I am I'm not a medical student. I'm not pre-med. I'm a business student. And nutrition will be the closest I get to biochemistry. I'm actually currently studying for my nutrition midterm right now. Um, but I really respect the amount of dedication that all doctors, including um, students in podiatry put into really learning and delving deep into the field. So with that, why did you guys choose the field of podiatry? Okay. Uh, well, first of all, good luck on that nutrition midterm. Uh, <laughs> so we chose, well, I, I chose, so we have different, totally different stories, but for me, I always, I always kind of knew that I was interested in medicine and I wanted to be a family physician, honestly, for the longest time. And I thought nothing else could be similar to that. But at one point in time, I was taking, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but after college, a lot of pre-med students end up doing something called a post-bac or they end up taking extra classes to beef up their GPA. So what I had done was taken a special master's program because I was intending on becoming an osteopathic physician or an allopathic physician. So those two are MDDO, if you weren't aware, but um, those are the common, like the common types of doctors that people think of when they think of doctors, because they don't know right. about DPM as much. And that's why we're teaching about it. But um, yeah, so I only knew about that. And I was just, I just had all these misconceptions about DPMs. I wasn't even looking at that. So I did the special master's program. And at the end, I started kind of thinking maybe this isn't my path for me. And at that point, it was a very dark place. I was like, where do I fit in? What's my career options? As many students probably go through in their lifetime. Um, and so I knew I still wanted medicine. I knew I still wanted healthcare. So I went to YouTube to search for options and I didn't see anything on podiatry. Everything was way outdated. So I called up my friends who were actually in podiatry and I was asking, I was just expressing to them, okay, this is, these are the doubts I have about life and what should I do? And they're like, of course, because they knew about podiatry and they were in podiatry. They were thinking, why not, why not just try it out? Why not just shadow a physician? 
I know to you it sounds weird right now, but why don't you try it out? You might like it. So sure enough, I shadowed for a few days and I fell in love with the profession because um, I don't know if you're going to ask me, ask us this in the future, but because I liked the work-life balance, I liked that like family physicians, we get to see a lot of things, a whole variety of things. And you have, you, you get to have this deep connection with your patients that I, I don't see in a lot of other um, specialties and everything. That might be something people don't want, but for me, that was something that was important to me because I like to talk, I like to connect with people. And so I, I thought that was amazing. And just the fact that I can specialize, but also know everything about the region. So, I mean, that's the same thing, but those two were really, those, all of those things were important to me. So that's, so podiatry was for me and how I found out about it. That's amazing. Wow. Um, and definitely, I think you're absolutely correct when we say that we take a certain fields for granted in the sense that, you know, we really, we're really only aware of what, what's presented to us in a big frame or a big light. And that can often kind of overshadow some of the more specialized and niche fields that people are looking for, like yourself. You know, you don't know it until you shadow it and you really immerse yourself in that. So I think it's amazing what you both are doing with the DPM journey um, and really bringing clarity. But can you talk a little bit more about some of those misconceptions um, and why it was so important for the both of you to kind of start the DPM journey to get rid of those misconceptions around the field? Yeah, so um, some misconceptions. Yeah, one of the bigger ones that we get is um, I think the misconceptions just arise because people, we're just sort of at this phase right now where podiatry is actually not as respected and it and it's not because people hate podiatry it's just people are not educated enough on podiatry and what we're what we're doing you know like some people actually have a struggle saying podiatry and that just shows like it's not really that popular yet and that's why we're just trying to put our foot out there and really make people aware of this and people don't think that this is a route for medicine and people don't think we're actually doctors but as I explained, we go through four years of medical school training, three years of surgical residency. And then I didn't even mention, but we actually go to two to three years after residency. You have to get board certified to do surgery in certain hospitals. And that's, that's important for A, to practice surgery at that hospital and B, for insurance companies to accept your practice. So there's a lot of schooling that goes through that too. And also a lot of people think... Um, we do just palliative foot care and um which means just cutting toenails all day and sure like we cut toenails and that's part of our routine care but a lot of these patients we see who are elderly who are diabetic who have neuropathy who have arthritis they're not able to actually take care of their own toenails and you know not people people take advantage of just cutting your toenails but if those things get like go grow longer and get deep into your skin they can become ingrowns and infection can happen and um a small infection like that in the foot can spread through your body and it could cause major damage and harm so it's just little things like that we're trying to just break the barriers through that and see that it's not only just cutting toners there's more to it there's there, patients have a unique profile and this is why we've entered a specialized field and everyone at the end of the day becomes a specialized field, no matter what route you take. And 
you just have to understand that this is what we've chosen and we respect it and we love it and it's it's an incredible field and we're just trying to combat those two types of misconceptions that we deal with on a daily basis yeah definitely um and kind of going back to that respect point i think you can't really disrespect something until you know fully about it um and so just because you don't know or are ignorant to a certain field of study i don't think that garners any disrespect from the public so it's really important for all of us and for any listeners out there really make sure you learn different field subjects, including podiatry. Um, I will say I'm guilty of not knowing how to say it before I met Yono and Diksha, but you know, we're all learning together. Um, and I'll also say that as a dancer, I think I might need to see a podiatrist. Um, you know, <laughs> my, my ankles, uh, yeah, not the best after intense ballet training. So now that I'm aware that this field of study exists, I'll definitely look into it if I'm ever looking um, to go to a podiatrist. But we'll have funny. a talk after this. <laughs> yes, because that's the thing. Actually, we have a lot of ballet dancers as patients. So our professor is one of our professors of sports medicine. He's big in sports medicine. He works for huge teams. Like um, A lot of podiatrists work for football players or basketball players, but huge athletes that are stars and everything out there. And they'll also work with ballet dancers, and that's huge. Whenever they talk about dancing, they specifically say they treat ballet dancers. So I just wanted to mention that. That's amazing. Yeah. Not I, amazing that you're going through issues, though. <laughs> of course. But I, I, you know, I really wish that more ballet dancers um, knew about this field, especially because from my experience, you know, when we have an injury, especially leg or foot related, go see your general physician. Um, and oftentimes they're like, wrap that up, you know, ice it and, and leave it. Um, and that might be a temporary solution. I'm not, again, skilled in that field of medicine, but you know, awareness to different specialized fields definitely could help certain injuries much better. Um, and that kind of brings me to the next question. Diksha, you actually touched upon this earlier, but what are, what are some of the amazing selling points of entering a field like podiatry? Well, uh, let's see. So first of all, like I was saying, you build great rapport with your patients. And that that was huge for me, as I had said before. And the reason is a lot of conditions that patients have, right? Like what you were saying, say it's, I mean, not all conditions will need constant help, but Sometimes there will be, and actually oftentimes <laughs> when we see patients, it's like that. Um, so say, say someone, <clears throat> someone came in with a wound or someone came in with plantar fasciitis, which is, it's a very common condition, by the way, plantar fasciitis. Um, but a lot of people just, I'll just say it's like pain when uh, throughout the day when you're walking, that's a very simple explanation, too simple maybe, but that's something that a lot of patients might come through to see us for, and they'll come constantly because the pain might last for a long, long-term time. And so they'll, um, there's conditions like that, and then we'll come and we'll troubleshoot with these patients, and that's how it works oftentimes. And then also um, another huge thing is that we treat patients within one visit. And nothing feels better than a patient feeling good about themselves and their moods improving just because they came to our 15-minute visit. 
you know, we alleviated some type of pain or issue for them, or at least educated them about something that's going on, that always feels great. And I really see that in podiatry all the time. We have a great work-life balance again, but you could choose. That's the other thing. If you wanted something like trauma, being on call and seeing wild cases all the time and having that adrenaline rush, you could choose to do that as well. But a lot of us go into it with the thought that we're going to work in private office and, you know, and see patients on our own time, like nine to five, and it works out that way. Um, and the fact that we can choose to do surgery, you don't have to, that's another beautiful thing about it. You have to do surgery in residency, as Jonas said, but afterwards we can, uh, we can go ahead and just set that aside and just work on the feet in other terms. And, um, another beautiful thing is we do conservative measure. We focus on conservative measures as much as we can. We exhaust all our options before we go to surgery because a lot of athletes, for example, don't want to be told that they have to sit on their butt for the next six months, yeah. you know, yeah. and sit out. And sometimes you have to, sometimes that is the consideration. You just have to go through the surgery. But a lot of times we can help by taping the athletes. We can help by sometimes maybe giving them a cortisone injection, or there's just so many things that we can do instead and work on rehab techniques and lots of other things. Yona, do you have any more to add? I think, I think you hit the main selling points. I think, I think those are really good personal relationships, really fast um, results that you see positive results uh, becoming a surgeon since day one. And I think those are really good. I think those are really great selling points for this field, I think, in our, in our opinion. Awesome. Yeah. Um, once again, you know, I haven't had much experience with any medical um, profession. Actually, you guys are our first um, experts coming on our podcast that, that are any medical experts, which is amazing. Um, but the one experience I do have is with the television show, Private Practice. And I know that television doesn't portray everything fully, obviously, but I think what I learned from that is what, what Diksha was mentioning about the personal relations. You know, they really strongly emphasize that we want to have that personal relations with all of our clients. Um, and with anyone who comes in, we really want to understand their cause and get involved. So you can see it through and see that benefit and see that shining smile on their face after everything is fixed. Um, and that kind of brings me to if you guys have any, you know, meaningful experiences that you'd like to share with our audience today that kind of gave you that, you know, little spark of joy after helping. Actually, Alicia, can I can I say one more thing after what you what you just said reminded me? Um, another thing that we really want to emphasize uh, something I just I keep remembering. Um, we are doctors. Like I mean, we're not. Me and Yona are not doctors yet, but um, podiatrists are physicians, and that that's sometimes things that sometimes what pre med students may not understand, and so. I just wanted to emphasize that um, you're going to be a physician just like an MDDO because you're literally training just like an MDDO, but with additional lower extremity training. Okay, so now with that, Yona, do you have any special <laughs> moments? Yeah, um, I was actually with a patient, a 12-year-old patient, and he has he was been 
getting plantar warts all over his bottom of his foot. And he was complaining for a long period of time because it was hurting him and he couldn't walk barely. And we were trying different types of treatment on him. And at first the treatments weren't working and he kept coming back and he kept um, just suffering from these. And it, it's just like when you're 12 years old and you have minor warts on your feet, like it, it can get very annoying. But um, we tried this treatment, it's like called Canthrone. It's a special beetle juice that burns up like a plantar wart. And after three sessions, he felt really good. But the thing about that like special moment was the fact that he was like, I'm, I can be able to play with my friends now and go out and run around. And then he gave the doctor a hug and then his mom gave him a hug and she started tearing up because it was just like something as small as plantar warts on the bottom of the feet, preventing a child or a little boy playing with his friends. And then seeing that art, just like a simple conservative treatment after three sessions within three to four weeks, it helped. And it was really nice to just see like, wow, that was very nice. Like it, it was not, it was not surgical or anything. It was not crazy, crazy drastic surgery that we had to do. It was just as simple as like a liquid, topical liquid. And this kid just gave the doctor a hug, gave his mother a hug, and was just really happy. And I just, like moments like that make me really happy. Just knowing like little things that we can do on our end makes me really happy, especially during a time like COVID when it's really hard to see other people and interact. And especially as a 12-year-old child, I can only imagine just sitting at home all day and not being able to play with friends just because of that and everything going on. So yeah, I think that was my special moment. I think that was my highlight for right now through my medical school career. That's amazing. Yeah. Siksha, would you like to add anything? Yeah, that's, that's really sweet. You know, I didn't, I was like, oh, baby. but um, yeah, that's, that is, that's so true. When we see, we see children, especially, and then Surprisingly enough, we maybe, maybe not surprising, but we see a lot of the elderly population as well. And especially during COVID, I mean, a lot of the elderly also feel isolated, right? But then COVID has made it even worse. And so just, I don't have one particular experience, but just in general, when whenever we see the elderly and some of them come in saying, well, we don't have any family members anymore, or uh, we recently had one who said uh, her husband had just passed away and she was saying that I would just like to be able to walk and I, I just want to be able to walk outside and enjoy myself but I can't I can't even do that at home and that's that's the one thing I could have been doing but because it was just a simple thing um, she had really painful calluses again where I know we're emphasizing like the the little stuff that we do but um, this little stuff makes a huge difference, but she had calluses on her feet that hurt a lot and she had long toenails because a lot of the elderly population can't lean over and cut their toenails or they can't, um, or, or they're diabetic and so they can't feel, they don't have sensation down there and so um, things can happen and they're not able to cut their toenails or they're, they have some, some sort of, going to say blood issue, like a vascular uh, problems so that they might nick themselves, they might bleed a lot, and there might be issues with that. So there's a lot of patients like that, honestly. And so when this patient came in and we helped her out, she was just, it was also a time for her to explain what's going on and kind of have someone to talk to and lean on 
And afterwards, just seeing her relief, she was like, this is all I need. Like whenever I come here, my day is made and I wish, I wish like I wasn't on Medicare and I could have come more often because this is everything for me. This difference, this little difference, just getting that pressure off my feet, getting my nails cut, I can finally walk. So at least I can walk around in my house, even though it's COVID, you know, like that, at least that little thing can make a huge difference in people's lives. And I didn't know before, honestly, before podiatry, I didn't even think, like I took my feet for granted. I didn't think it was that important to put so much effort into feet. And now, now I know we, we tell people about, about our, like the shoe wear, we tell people about what to wear for orthotics and insoles and all, all this little stuff like to massage yourself you know treat yourself because at the end of the day your feet might not be giving you issues right now but in the future they very well could if we take it for granted so yeah that's just everything I guess I said so much sorry no no that's definitely so true if our listeners want to take away one thing from what Diksha just said I think it would be that the small things do matter and that's a really, really big selling point, selling point, just going back to our previous question about why, why go into the field of podi- podiatry, um, my bad. Um, but it's, it's, for those, it's for those small things, right? It's for those small impacts that you may not realize have the greatest impacts on someone else's life, something that we're taking for granted right now. Uh, you know, not a lot of people have the privilege for taking for granted. And it's, it's those fixing of issues that gives us, you know, gratitude for for the field. Um, and with that, do you both have any one piece of advice that you'd like to tell our listeners and our youth today? Um, yeah, I would say if you want to be part of a profession and you want to go down a certain route, just make sure you really do your research. And particularly, particularly because we're in the medical field, if you're interested in going the MDDO or DPM route, shadow a doctor, go shadow a doctor, work with a doctor, see what they're like, ask them a bunch of questions, have an open mindset, because again, you're going to be spending the next seven to 10 years of your life dedicated to a craft. And you want to make sure this is the right craft for you, especially something like as specialized as podiatry. We do, we do amazing things. But again, we're, we're focused on the lower extremity region. And you don't want to find yourself Again, two to three years down the line, medical school, $100,000 in debt, and realizing this was not the route you wanted to take, and now you have no plan B, and you need to restart. And that's that's a, just an overall big theme in just life in general. You don't want to jump into something too quickly. You want to analyze it. You want to think about it. You want to do everything you can beforehand to make sure this is the right career path for you. So I think that's one huge piece of advice that I would make sure that the youth who are listening to this take into consideration when you're, let's say, applying to your next college or applying to the next medical school. Think about these different factors that really will make an impact in your life moving forward. Perfect. Yeah, and, and mine is a little general, but I think it's very important to make sure your mindset has is positive because when a lot of you might be in I don't know, high school, college, probably, you should really, really know that throughout your life, 
if, if it's happening now, it's going to be happening throughout your life. Someone will be a naysayer. Someone will say you can't do something. Someone won't believe in you. Someone will make you feel like you shouldn't believe in yourself. But don't let that, don't let that get to you. Um, you're doing great. If you have a dream, you will achieve that dream. I, I kid you not. You write that down. You look at that every day, every night. If someone, uh, you know, no matter what happens in your life, because there will be setbacks. There, like I said, there will be just so much. So much is going to happen, and life will be hard. But you'll get through it. You will get through it if you have a dream and you have that vision. So. Regardless of what advisors tell you, regardless of what your friends tell you, you'll make it. Uh, just remind yourself that. And even in even in college, when like you might get one bad grade, but or a few bad grades, even it's okay. It's all about a learning experience, and don't compare yourself with others. That was that's probably the hardest thing. But you're you're everyone's on their own path, and you're succeeding the way like you're just better than you were yesterday and you just have to think of it that way yeah and and with that i don't feel as scared to take my nutrition midterm anymore so thank <laughs> you so much um but honestly thank you for all your insight today um it was super insightful and i i know i learned a lot so hopefully your audience did as well well i'm glad i'm glad we could help and i'm glad we could honestly share any advice and again we love doing this stuff and thank you again for having us on this pl yeah. amazing platform. Yeah. Thank you for what you do, Alicia. Yeah. Anytime. And if you want to learn more about the DPM journey, you can find Yona and Deeksha um, on Instagram at the DPM journey or email them at dpmjourney at gmail.com. Be sure to also follow our Instagram and Facebook pages to stay updated on scholarship opportunities, future podcasts, events, and more expert speakers like today. You can follow us on at humanity.rising or at what cause inspires you. Unfortunately, that's all we have for today, but be sure to look out for more episodes of our professional perspectives on what cause inspires you. I'm your host, Alicia Gupta, and I hope you all continue changing the world.